Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. First Timothy chapter 1. Ore babaka. Masheteli. Let's begin with verse 2. Oh, verse 1. Let's begin with verse 1. It's beautiful when it begins from the beginning. Paul, an apostle, Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, and to Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. He said, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge them that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure love and of a conscience, a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. Verse 6 says, From which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law and understanding neither what they say nor whereof they are firm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I have realized that one of the biggest convictions in the, in the life of every Christian, the moment you receive the life of God, is to live that life. Eh? I don't know if you understand what I mean. Every Christian craves to live a certain life in God. Every Christian, unless they're not really born of God. But if you're born of God, there's always that hunger in your spirit that seeks to search out for things that are beyond human scrutiny. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. For things that are beyond human prediction. For a life and story that is way deeper and supersedes the expectation of the way life is and has been before you met the Lord. Say amen. And much as everyone has an aspiration and a dream on their life, not everybody sees it come to pass. Do you understand? There are people who believe God for many things. They dreamed them. They were prophesied on their lives. They were spoken on their lives. Everything was said on their lives, but they've not seen. It come to pass. And some hope that one day it will come. But some get to the end of their life and it never comes. And did God who prophesied or spoke in their life, was he true? He was true. He was true. He was true. Whatever God promised to them was here and the men in Christ. It was true. But they never had the opportunity to experience that life. Hallelujah. They never had the opportunity to experience that life. And God looked like a liar. And to some, it seemed as though it wasn't meant to be in their lives. Because they don't know that place where God has given us freedom and what exactly this freedom is. This liberty that we carry in the spirit. 
Many people don't know what this liberty is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there are many people who, if you ask them what is freedom, what is liberty in Christ, many people think liberty in Christ is eating a lot of meat and then you get so full and then you belch and then you say, "Uh, (laughs) I have Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You get my point? Many people don't really understand the freedom that we carry in Christ Jesus. I'll give you an example. First Samuel 10 tells us when God was speaking to the man of God, he tells him, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And he told him, and thou shall prophesy with them and thou shall be turned into another man. And what does the next verse say? And the next verse says, listen to the provision of that, the effect of that. And let it be that when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serves thee. You will do as occasion serve thee, for God is with you. The place where God is so with you that you serve your own occasion, that's liberty. The spirit of the Lord can only lead you where he can serve you or where he wants to serve you. The leading of the spirit is only to the waters. That is why the scriptures say that can a man loosen his animal and take it not straight to the waters? We were free to go to the waters. We were not free to stay in the desert. No. The reason why we were freed by God was to go to the waters. Say amen. So I'm trying to explain that when the spirit of the Lord comes upon the man of God, the Bible says he turns into another man and he starts to prophesy. And the Lord tells this guy that whatsoever occasion serves you, what what do you want? (laughs) I wish somebody understands. You see, when you're relating with God, let, let me help you understand this. One of the most deceptive experiences in the things of the spirit is the indifference in the lives of many who think that because the gift of God works so effectually in their lives, therefore, the relationship of God, the relationship that they carry is truly established or well established or working as it ought to. When you read the Old Testament, for example, you realize that when the Spirit of the Lord descends on Saul, the whole world knows. When the Spirit departs, Saul doesn't know. You understand? Same as Samson. The scriptures are very clear. Every time these guys would speak anything, the Bible says he would feel the spirit upon him. And then he does mighty exploits. But when the power of God left him, the Bible says he got up and he knew not that the spirit had left him. Now in the New Testament dispensation, the spirit doesn't leave us. Try to get me right. He doesn't lift off us because he says... I shall never leave you, no, forsake you. And he says, and the anointing that, that abides in you shall abide in you forever. And the same shall teach you to abide in him. But he can reduce function in your life. He can reduce function. He can get to a point where he cannot function as he ought. Now, if you carry the gift, God is mandated not to revoke it. Because the giftings and callings of God are without repentance. Now, the gifting of the spirit on a man can quicken that man 
to a point where he can think that his relationship is right with God because the gifting is working in his life. You get it? And therein now comes a certain place of misrepresentation because at the end of the day, you start to look like the level you're not in. Do you understand? Because when the Bible says that he has appointed every man their own timings and their boundaries of habitation, that place of boundaries of habitation is not only a physical habitation, there is a spiritual habitation for every child of God. And every time God places you in a certain habitation in the spirit, he does not only expect your gifting to vindicate you, he expects his knowledge upon you to vindicate you. Because that's the only way you can be stable in that realm. That is why he says wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times and it shall be the strength of your salvation. That is why the people who don't, he can demonstrate the spirit and then when you start to talk with them, you realize they don't know much. Because the gift covers a certain place. But I have walked in this life of salvation and come to the realization that every gifting has an end. How do you think God is going to relate with us in heaven? There are such, the Bible says, who will build with hay, with rubble, with stone, with gold. And it says, there is a work. Every work shall be tested by a fire. And for those men whose works shall not endure, the Bible says, it shall be burned. But they themselves shall be saved at them which are saved out of fire. They will come out and go to heaven. That's okay. But the Bible says that people whose works shall endure the fire. And the Bible says, and for such they shall receive a crown. Heaven is not going to be a place of equal men. Even though everybody who believes on the Lord will go to heaven. Heaven has a different experience. It's like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has broken bones on the earth to minister to. But it doesn't minister so in the heavenlies. Because in the heavenlies, the kind of bodies that people carry are not susceptible to breaking. So a man has to understand what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the heavenly atmosphere and what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit on the earth. And when you understand so, you understand the difference between men which invest for the earth and men which store treasures. Some people don't understand that the relationship that we carry with God has to keep a constant ministry of heaven and earth for us as ministers. For we are seated in him far above all principalities and powers. God has to, listen, there was a time when a prophet needed to, by prayer and fasting and seeking, sneak into heaven to hear whom shall we send. This dispensation and life, the life of a Christian right now, is not supposed to tap into the heavenly conversation. No. More than that, it carries the mind of God. He says we have the mind of God. We have the mind of Christ. Presupposing that now, the things which God used to sit down to think about as a trinity to establish on the earth is now a thought pattern that is working inside you. I wish you understand what I'm saying. The only problem with Christians is they do not know that part of their life that can yield so deeply unto God for prevenient grace to work in them to respond to the heavenly things as they ought. That is why when he wants to make a covenant with Solomon and bless him, he has to find the guy sleeping. He doesn't find him sober. Because if he's sober, probably he will ask for a girl. You understand? He loved these girls. You understand? 
But there's, there's, there's that thing in God where he has to realize that if I have to align this guy to where he ought to go, I have to put him in a kind of sleep. He's sleeping. And the Bible says, and in the sleep, God comes to Solomon and asks him, you have blessed me, offered me all these kinds of things. What? See, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared unto Solomon in a dream and said, ask what I shall give thee. Eh, eh? He appeared to Solomon in a dream and he told him, ask what I shall give thee. What is the next verse? And Solomon said in the dream, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, thy father, great mercy, according as he has walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept him from this great kindness, hast, hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is in the dream. Sorry, this, this day. In a dream. Okay? Next verse. And now, O oh Lord, in a dream, God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And people don't even understand that that place of going out and going in. He's saying, I don't know how to relate with you. Because in and out is a presence issue. Who understands? And he says, I am but a little child. I know not how to go in and out. And thy servant, oh God, my upper shatter. And thy servant is in the midst of thine people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered, nor counted for multitude. Uh -huh. Now therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge thine people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge these so great a people? Uh -huh. And the speech pleased the Lord. And Solomon, that Solomon had asked this thing. Uh -huh. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, hast thou not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Uh -huh. Behold, I've done according to thy words, and lo, I've given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. All of these things happened when the man of God was sleeping. That is called prevenient grace. There is, because we learn to yield to God. That's why the Bible says that the spirit, sometimes we know not what to pray or how we ought to. But the Bible says, but the spirit of God itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Tongues are utterable. There is a certain prayer that goes beyond human language. It goes beyond human talk. It goes beyond any utterance out of a man's mouth. But there are those times when we want to speak to God and we are too overwhelmed that we don't know how or what to do. But the Bible says, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us in groanings which cannot be uttered. So the, a man is like this. He's not saying anything, but he's in the deepest prayer. He's in the deepest prayer. It is the same thing with Solomon. He's asleep and the Lord chooses to come in this guy's sleep and then tells him now, what do you want in sleep? Because the Bible says in the book of Job that while men are asleep at night, the Bible says, he openeth their ears and sealeth their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and pride. That means Solomon did not purpose to ask for wisdom. You, you can imagine the kind of prayer a man can make without his deliberate purpose. 
to make. But God has to condition that man in a state where he has to cause him to say it. Because he has to establish it in his life. God loves you too much that he wants to take you to a place that even when you don't know your next life of prayer, he, if he has to put you through a sleep to pray that prayer, he'll put you through a sleep to pray that prayer. If he has to push your spirit to a certain kind of anger and thirst that you know not what to utter, that he should come in to give you a certain utterance, which is in line with the will of the Father, he will do it. Now Solomon can stand up and somebody says, Solomon, you asked well, but this was not Solomon's purpose. Of course he knew that probably if he comes during day, Solomon would ask for the wrong thing. Do you understand? So he realizes that I have to put this guy to sleep because if I put him to sleep, I know how to get the prayer, the kind of prayer he can make. That is the day I really understood that in my weaknesses, his strength is made perfect. For when I am weak, then I know I'm strong. Sometimes in that place where we look like we don't know how, it's the place he wants to work most. Because prevenient grace is availed for the men who think, I can't, but I need it. Listen, there is something coming up in this nation and it's going to affect the whole world. But I can assure you, we don't even know how to pray for it. Some of you are going to realize that even when you're sleeping, you wake up when your lips are talking. How many have witnessed it? You're in the sleep. You're doing your own business, Solomon. You did all you had to do. And while you're in bed, you find you don't even know what you're saying. But you're up to something. You are up to something. You are up to something. You're in incubation. The atmosphere is right. You're in this egg. You know, the days are coming, but you're growing. Eh? You're soon breaking out. You don't know how or why you're doing it that way, but you feel like there's something. There's something. That's when I realized that there is a place in God where we have to entirely learn to yield for prevenient grace. The biggest mistake Solomon could have made that night was to stay awake. Are you hearing me? When he was making a covenant with our father Abraham, the Bible says he came to Abraham in a sleep. He, a whole, listen, generations are at stake and he doesn't look for a sober man. He looks for a guy who is deep in sleep. And then God comes and starts to tell him, I want to make a covenant with you. But the covenant I want to make, I want to make it in a way whereby you're answering me, but you're not the one answering me. Because if you answer me, you might make a mistake. So I have to rob you of purpose and pride so that I'm asking, but I'm the one answering through you. Oh God. That is why I'm persuaded about us. Because there are things answering do you understand i feel i feel that there's a place where we have to yield enough for prevenient grace to work in our lives why because the thing coming the thing coming we don't even listen i 
has not seen, ear has not heard, has not entered the hearts of men. When you saw that guy remove off that thing off his leg and he says, oh, Miss hand, and he says, oh, my bones are back in order. Now that you've seen it, I'm, it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking of things that have not entered the hearts of man. He says, but he has, not he is revealing progressively, prognosco, ognosco. No, he has advancedly revealed it unto us by his spirit. That means that the inside of us has things no eye has seen, no ear has heard, have not entered the hearts of man, and maybe doesn't even have words for it. But it's inside somebody. They are seated in a plastic chair. They oh, He hath revealed. The Bible says, He hath, oh, He hath revealed it unto us. He, he hath revealed. I carry a revelation of something nobody has ever seen. You carry a mystery in your spirit that has never been preached. You carry a prophecy that no man has ever released. Hey, I wish you understand what I'm trying to say. Forget the former things. Are you hearing me? Those, listen. I am positioning my spirit to walk a life in knowledge, in revelation of the Christ that I'm sure no man has walked the surface of this earth before with. Even Paul. You... This is, this is deeper than whether you want to believe it or not. He said, eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Has not entered into the hearts of a man. What the Lord hath prepared for them that love him. If you have heard that men have walked on water. I'm not talking about walking on water. I'm not even talking about anything written in scripture that the Christ did. Hey. There was a time, you know, when you read about the healing, uh, the healing, the healing, the healing movement, eh? 1905, 1907, they tell you in the healing movement, it was normal for a man to walk. You would not, you would not attract a congregation because a man walked. Because it was too normal. Now, eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Oh, what God has to work a certain line of phronesis in us. To determine a certain mode of healing I don't know I don't know but there's something going to happen in your life eh? no eye has seen it no ear has heard it it has not been in the newspapers before it has never been on radio it has never been on television it is just there inside you it's inside Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if he says that you will turn into another man when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and then thou shalt prophesy. And he says, and whatsoever occasion serves you, whatever you want. Some people are led, let me show you, some people are led by the Holy Ghost. Huh? And then when they are led by the Holy Ghost, they go into the zone. They somehow call the zone. The zone is the place where the liberties are released. And when they get into the liberties, they ask the Holy Spirit to still lead them. 
I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. There is a place where the spirit only leads you to the occasion. And it tells you now, whatever occasion serves you, teach Oyagala. He says, whatever occasion serves you, do. Because the Lord is with you. Prevenient grace has held your heart so deeply for you to falter in that realm. Because in that realm, there is no corruption. That is above any gift. That is why the man to whom he prophesied to, he wasn't a prophet. I don't know if you understand what I'm telling you. The gifting can error. But that realm can't error. That is why he tells you, whatever occasion serves you, you do. In that realm, you can't think wrong. You can't prophesy wrong. You can't touch. That is why there's a realm in God where even prophecy becomes faith than office. Then he tells you, if any man should prophesy, let him prophesy according to his level of faith. Because what you carry is the word of God. The Bible says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts asunder, separates the bone and marrow. And it says, and, 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 and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When I have the word of God, I can discern your thoughts. I can discern your intentions. Not because I'm a prophet, but because I carry the word. And the word of God is eternal. He says he's the discerner of the hearts of men. And what does the next verse say? The next verse says, Neither is there any tithes which is hid from him. For all things are manifest in his sight. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him whom we have to do. In that place, in that place, every creature, ktaitis, ktaitis means anything created by God, anything created by man, any law, either spiritual or physical. It's not heat. Now, if I read the word, Put it in my spirit. No law of the spirit is hid from me. Every law of the spirit is visible to me. It is naked before me. I can walk and strive lawfully. That is why the Bible says, for them that strive for a mastery, if he striveth for a crown, if you're striving for a crown, he says, he must strive, he must strive lawfully. The Bible says, for man also strive for masteries, yet is not yet crowned, except he strive lawfully. There's a place where the laws of the spirit govern how you function. That is deeper than any gift. I'm not saying gifts are wrong or gifts don't have their place. I'm saying there is a life past the giftings of the spirit. They Listen, God can work in you a wonder way deeper than any gift. Than any gift can ever. So the gift is there, yes. But the gifts are conditioned. They are conditioned. But the life that the Lord wants to take us into is a life where we cannot be conditioned because occasion serves us. Occasion serves us. Occasion serves us. When will a child of God ever get to a point where he's too free to say, blind man, what? how should I heal you? Should I put a hanky on you? Should I dance in front of you and you get healed? Should I look at you? Should I just spit on you? Should I? Because occasion serves you. When you're in the realm where occasion is serving, 
Oh, oh. You see, many people haven't really been there. They, many Christians haven't been there. That place where occasion serves you. That, <laughs> that place where occasion serves you. You do what you want. I'm with you. Play around if you want. I'm with you. Do you want to jump up? Jump. I'm with you. Do you want to walk on water? Are you just... I believe that was the realm Jesus was in. He just bored and occasion is serving him and that day he feels like, oh, I walk on water. He just gets on water and walks. You understand? They think it's a miracle, but the boy is just serving his occasion. Now, what killed me was this. That he was speaking to a man to whom the spirit was to come upon, but not to the man in whom the spirit dwells. If the spirit of God comes on a man and occasion serves him, what about the man in whom the spirit dwells? The eternal life. It means we are supposed to be living a life where occasion serves us every day. You wake up in the morning and you want a million dollars, you know how to get it on your account. By faith. You wake up in the morning and you want to go to Rome, you don't even need a visa. What eye has not seen the generation coming, the Lord has been speaking to me a few days ago, is going to have, listen, is going to manifest whatever a man calls occasion serving men 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If the children of Israel from the wilderness, not born again, going into, from Egypt to the wilderness, moved under their own cloud, And the Bible says the sun did not smite them by day. Eh? Eh? They had, they they were conditioned under a certain atmosphere. Yet the Lord was just trying to take them to a promised land. How much more them which are in the promise? How much more? I have realized that it is possible for a Christian to wake up in the morning and they do anything they want to do anything 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 even though it might not appear but I have seen that day 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 where men will serve their occasion 24 hours a day and it shall be well with the Lord because that was the ultimate mind he always had that man who sits not in the council of the wicked, neither the seat of the scoffers. He's talking about the guy in the third verse and he's saying that that man is like a tree planted by the word. By the water side. And it bringeth forth his fruit in his season, not the season of the world. In his season. In, in his season. And his leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, You know, there's still a place where I know I invested in a wrong business. <laughs> when you're serving your occasion, even if the business is wrong, it will work for you. Oh, I got a wrong job. When you're serving for your occasion, 
even if the job was wrong, the job will have to realign itself for you. Because it's not the season of the job. It's not the issue of the plant or the tree. It's the issue of that man and his seed. He's planted by a certain ram and the rubber kaseke tele. That the Bible says he produces his fruit in his season. That means you stop living on the season of the earth. You know, there are people that you write about and say, in the healing revival movement, God raised men. In the healing revival movement. But then you find another guy whose story is like, in that day, visions were scarce. <laughs> there was no open vision. And there was no word. But the Lord spoke to Samuel. One side, there's a place of availability of healing that everybody's moving in that grace, and that's okay. But then a time comes when the tap of healing is turned up, down, and there's a man still healing. They say, ah, this season is bad. You, you don't grow maize in this season, you, you plant. You're not going to find a market. You say, no, you don't understand. I don't work by the seasons of the earth, I work by the season. Of the spirit. That place where you learn to get your own season. When I understood that mystery. I stopped to think. That because there is trouble in the world. I should move. I don't get moved. I don't get moved. Oh these days money is scarce. That's the time you should go on the internet. And order for a car. That time. Don't get. Listen. Don't order when everybody has money. No, because when everybody has money, it will be obvious. It's, it's wonderful to carry the testimony that that day the Lord poured money that everybody had. But there's a point where nobody's going to have. And you're not going to say, we are poor, the season is bad these days. No! The Bible says he produces fruit in his own season. And his leaf does not wither. It doesn't mean that the sun is not there. No. Imagine a place where you're in the desert. And there's a lot of heat. And all the other plants are dry. But for you, your seed is blossoming. And people are asking themselves. How come we also did the same business? Went to the same university. Went to the same high school. But it is not working for us. It is not by might. nor by power. But it is by my spirit. Said the Lord of hosts. I am looking at a liberty which is serving men who are ready to move according to what they feel. Let me tell you. Let me say it before all of you. Soon, we are going to cause a tsunami in Kampala. Even if you don't clap. Me, I know you have believed it in your heart. You watch people who come to Fanero. Shop, listen, shops are starting to close downtown. And they are going to continue closing. Are you hearing me? But your shops are not going to close. Hotels are going to close business. 
But your hotels are not going to close. Businesses are going to lock door. Yours is not going to lock door. We are about to cause something. Tell your neighbor, we are about to cause something down there. Because the Lord is teaching us to serve our occasion. To produce our own season. When the Bible says he's the Lord which teaches us to profit. That place of profiting is not a place where you're, 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 you're advancing with the rest. It is that place where everybody is in loss. But you're, you're profiting. Where everybody is stuck. But it is working in your ministry. Your business. Your life. Your body. Entirely your occasion. Entirely your occasion. We are about to cause something. Tell your neighbor. We are, we are about to cause something in this city. You Tell your neighbor. You tap them like you know what you are telling them. Tell them darling I am about to shake this city. We are about to shake Uganda. Me, I feel it. I feel like I feel like the foundations of the world. Ah, ah, ah. Let them watch you. Some women's husbands are going to say, "Is this my wife? Is it? Is she the woman I married?" Because you won't, oh, you won't, you won't look like. Some of your spouses are going to deny you and say, no, this is not my husband. There's another thing. Smith Wigglesworth, the story tells you, his wife was the first one to be filled by the Holy Ghost. They tell you Smith's wife got home. And then Smith said, this is not the woman I married. There's something wrong with this woman. She was prophesying, speaking mysteries, splitting atoms. And then Smith said, no. Some of you people are about to look at you. And they're going to say, no, she's not the one. Listen, if this thing sat on Christ and after three days the man he eats with can't identify him. And, and, and this is love made perfect. That we might have confidence on that day. For as he is, for as he is, for as he is, so are we. Some of you will walk back home. And you'll bypass your husband. And the guy will think another woman entered his house. I am preaching. I am speaking. I'm prophesying. Whatever you want to call it. Oh. The Bible says they reveal things belong unto us and our children. Do you know what I just said? If you've caught this revelation, it's that obvious. You are about to change. You are about to change. You are about to change. We will need to remind ourselves that no, he actually used to sit in the back. You never saw him. No, 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 he wasn't. In fact, one Thursday, he even sat next to you. He was putting on a tie. Don't you remember? And you're going to say, no. 
Because I feel the spirit is pushing us. The spirit is pushing us. You know those things of just shouting for, they have come to an end. No, we are shouting what we know. We, we, listen, we are shouting what we know. There was a time we used to shout, now we don't know. But they just say, again, again, they were, and then you scream. Then you get on the plane the first time, then the second time. Now, I don't get fascinated. In fact, now I hate flying. Yet I'm still young. So, I'm still talking to God. Is there a way we can pull a Philip Airlines sink? You know, back in those days, you remember those testimonies. Even you, you'll go to America. You remember? <laughs> you remember those testimonies? Some man of God was standing and said, when I found myself driving in London, I said, up there is a God. Let them wait for what you're going to do in Uganda. Men will board planes coming to see you. And then they go back and then they report and they say, Ah yeah, yeah, yeah. She's deep. She's deep. Listen. If, if the queen, the Bible says, the queen of the south shall judge you. Because she came and listened to the wisdom of Solomon. But yet one with greater wisdom is come, which is Christ, in whom you live, move and have your own being. Who has been made your wisdom, your, your, your wisdom, your wisdom, your redemption and sanctification. Meaning, any man born again in this room is wiser than Solomon. Now you imagine the amount of wealth we are going to. Do you see why I'm worried for you? Do you see why I'm worried for you? Do you see, do you see that my fear is genuine? I worry for you. Occasion is serving me. Every day, occasion is serving me. Every month. Occasion is serving me. Every year, occasion is serving me. It is serving my life. It is serving my ministry. It is serving my marriage. It is serving my body. It is serving my relationship. It is serving my perception. It is serving my prayer. It is serving my faith. It's serving my understanding. In the name of Jesus, it is serving. It is serving. I told somebody we've not yet started. This you, you are seeing is not you are not yet. No. These are just meetings preparing for Fanero. <laughs> if you thought we had started, we are just correcting you, Tetunaba. These are just meetings, you understand? These are ministers. All of these people you see here, they are just ministers. We this is just a ministers meeting. To build the Fanero we see. And the Bible says, And the least among you shall raise a thousand. And the smallest among you a nation 
What about the big one? Me, I am scared. I am scared. I am scared. Me, I'm scared. Now, I want to push you to something before, before I talk into another deep thing before I leave. I want to push you to the place where occasion serves you. The leading can only be to that level where now occasion serves you. you that place where you, eh? even, even pilots tell you, that when you're standing, when you're leaving, they give you directions. Turn this. Turn that. Turn, eh? Turn this. Then at a certain point, they tell you, now you do what you want. <laughs> now, some of us, we have to get to that point where we are doing. Then, then somebody will come from a lower nature and say, what about the will of God? Some people are in the backstage cramming the will of God. They are dealing with people who have been begotten by the will. The will of God in our spirits is not a crammed phrase. It's not a cramming experience. It is a nature infallible. It is working inside. I walk in the will of God. I sink in the will of God. I pray in the will of God. I speak in the will of God. I am preaching in the will of God. You are attending in the will of God. You are 100% where you had to be this evening. Because we are not believing for the will. We are not studying the will. We are begotten by the will. He says of his own will begot he us with the word of truth. That we should be a kind. A certain kind. Not a usual. Not usual Christians. No. Not normal mystery. Not pakatala. That we should be a kind of fast fruit. The word there for fast fruit, literally in the root line, defines the place, a kind of them which possess by identity. You are before you even see. The world will respond to you because you are. Not because you worked hard, but because you are. Not because you fasted 40 days, but because you are. Not because you prayed 72 hours. No. But because you are. You are a child of God. Oh, bro. The Bible says creation groans for the manifestation. Whether they are praying or they are not, there is something waiting for them. Are you hearing me? That our prayer will be a fruit. A result of the working of the Spirit of God in us. But the challenge is we are not serving occasion. We are only led to the place before liberty. And we confuse that for fullness. You get my point? And then sometimes we are weighed in the true places of judgment. And we are found wanting. Because the mind of the spirit has revealed to us now between me and you that the true provision of God leading us is only to a place where he can serve us to serve our occasion.
You see, many people don't understand the word faithful. People think the word faithful is only in the realm of you pray, you fast, which is good. But there's a faithfulness to yield. There's a faithfulness in God to yield. There's a faithfulness in God to yield. You see, there, a man can wake up and say, I'm preaching. And then they preach out of their gift. And then they advance. But there's a place where you learn to minister from the relationship you carry with God. When you get to that place where you minister from the relationship you carry with God, you realize that the place of servanthood in the mystery of the new creature is not the place where men yield by reason of, of inferiority. That is why Paul never defines himself as a servant of Christ. He defines himself as a bond servant of Christ. Bond servant means I have been free. Now I'm by choice. I'm serving because I'm free too. I'm not serving because I'm bound through self-levery. There are many ministers who are serving as slaves to the most high God. Yet now he calls you friends. He calls you friends. There are people who are still serving from a servant mentality. Oh, I am a servant of God. But really, when they mean servant, they actually mean slave. When Paul defines that place of servanthood, he calls it a bond servant. He calls himself a bond servant. He says, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. He, I, he, he. The servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I've called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made known unto you. Now, because he has made known those things unto us, we become bond. Because the mystery of a bond servant is that which has served his time as a slave, released from slavery, free to go live his own household. But because the household treated him so well, he by choice goes back to serving love. That man enters as a servant friend. But born, born because it is a choice too. It is not duty. Do you understand? It is not duty. It is a choice. I choose to preach every day. But I don't choose that because I'm a slave of the Lord. No. I choose that because he has made me free too. That is why the book of Luke speaks of having been delivered out of the hand and snatch from that enemy that we should freely serve the Lord. The place of our service is the place of deliverance. I'm not talking of deliverance while you're serving. No, I'm not talking of a place where you have a demon on you, but you're serving the Lord. Sometimes I look at people who are always in deliverance services and ask them, when will the Christian ever be free? To think of the liberties he carries in God. Every time. Oh, every time you're screaming. Every time you have your grandmother's devil. You have never screamed because of power. You have never screamed because of increase of knowledge. Uh -uh. You have never screamed because the Lord is launching you deeper. You have to get to a point where when you're in your bedroom, it is God. 
They hear you laughing. It's not demons. No, it, <laughs> it is God. They hear you screaming. It is not a devil. No way. It is God. Be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. But be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Because that ghost, the spirit, has to get to a point where it's like crying. It's like, the Bible says, he that tarrieth long on the wine, what happens? What happens? His eyes become what? Red. When a man tarries long before the wine, there's a way your eyes become what? They become red. There's a way you start to see life. I realize that, listen, I told people there was a guy who took Mnjagai weed and then he was walking and then he saw electric poles and the lines and then he bowed down and he said take the ankuba the, the drug on him brought wires nearer if a drug can have that effect the Holy Ghost Jesus must have been high to walk on water. A sober man can't. A sober man can't. There's a point where you reach and you, you have to be so full. So full. So full. That any devil that comes near you, any can discern this is another person. Any, any, whether flu demon or now here's the challenge. The Bible said in Timothy, they have gone into vainless junglings. They speak of things they know not, neither affirm where they are from. Somebody is in the gospel, they are Christian, but they don't even have the substance of what they are speaking. They fill their head with too much head knowledge without, without the, the substance. You see, I have seen a place above faith. And many men might not understand me, but I've seen a place about faith. Because I've realized that there's a place where every entity of faith is an element. Yet the scriptures clearly tell us that the elements melt. God does not have, is not functioning by faith. He's not believing that. You understand? He's not believing that you're going to be a success. He's He's not leaving it to fate for your success. He, because it's in his power to make it. When a man says, I'm believing God for a job, it means he doesn't have the ability to bring himself a job. But when a man gets to a certain level, when he can wake up and get any job he works, he doesn't believe anymore. He knows. So when the Bible says that they that know their God shall do mighty exploits. 
I'm not talking of exploits of faith. I'm talking of exploits of knowledge. When Paul, for example, speaks about money and he says, I know how to be full. Banange. Banange. This is, he doesn't say, I know how to believe God for fullness. Uh-uh. He says, I know how to abound. That means when you ask Paul, how do you get a hundred million dollars? He knows how. It's inside his head. That is why he can give away. Because he knows how to get more. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? That place where we are not believing God for the healing. We know how to heal. We know. Let me tell you. Anybody functioning in the healing ministry tells you this. When you lay a hand on a person, if they are not to be healed, you still know. You still know that this one, even if I've laid, this one is going to die. Sometimes you just don't want to break the family to tell them on against it. But there are those ones you know. But there are those ones you lay hand on. And the spirit tells you whether it is witchcraft, whether the devil wants it that day, or he doesn't want that day, this one. So the place of healing is beyond faith because we applied faith for both. But there is a place that knows. God wants to take the church to a certain place that knows where you know. You, you know. You know how to make a marriage work. You know how to build business. You know how to grow a church. You know how to make a... You know. You don't believe. You know how to. It's inside your system. It's a list of things you know how to execute and they must... You see, let me tell you. That's the place of the word. When the Bible says that as long as the earth liveth, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, day and night, they shall exist. It means... Like a man plants a seed. God says, the way you gave, for example, you be as sure that the fact that tomorrow it's going to be morning, what you've sowed will have to have a harvest. You get my point? But when a harvest comes, when you are in that harvest, are you hearing me? A certain knowledge starts to build up in your system on how you got it. You get my point? That is why I told people, it's the difference between a man being led of the spirit and a man whose ways are led. When the Bible says that the Lord directs our ways, I have seen men whose ways are directed but whose spirits aren't. So he goes where he knoweth not. By faith, Abraham went where he knoweth not. But you see, there's a point where knowledge comes in your spirit and you know where you're going. There comes a point in God where you don't just say, let me just go far. Let me just pray for the person far. Let me just do the business far. No. There comes a point in God where you exercise your spirit to knowing. Where when the Lord tells you, get up and we go to a place, you're not like Abraham. Abraham was a living soul. That's one thing Christians forget. You, you have the mind of Christ. The moment he tells you, get up and we go, you even know where you go. So when you're walking in the spirit realm, you're not stumbling on mysteries. No, 
you meet them and you know this is a mystery. You have the ability to go around it, articulate that you might examine the things most excellent, that you might have offense, no offense on the day of Christ. So I've seen that sometimes there's offense, even though we stumble on these things, but without the knowledge, we realize that we harm the very things we stumble on. Oh, we still stay indifferent to the things we stumble on. They work in our lives, but we don't know how to make them work or to teach them to other people. That is the challenge that our generation has started with. Many of our fathers, they never used to teach us foundation. We don't know foundation. Every guy who gets up begins their own foundation. They can't even build us. They are too selfish, some of them. Me, the Lord separated me. Even you seek your God. Really? Me, the Lord worked in my life. Even you seek your God and he works. No. I want my child to start where I've ended. The moment I end, bah, my boy starts. Says that he doesn't need to go through 40 days of fasting and prayer. He doesn't need to go through 60 days and 50 kilometers of walking to and fro from school. No, because I walked there and it was not funny. I don't want to raise a boy who knows how to walk 20 kilometers. No, he will have testations of his own time. They are different, but they are there. Let my portion not still be his. Hey, that way sin is increasing in the world. Our kids will be more tried than we were. Let's not add on the 20 days. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Now, thank God for this generation. Because this generation, you see, let me tell you something. That is the difference between fathering and instructing. An instructor can show you the pattern. A father walks the pattern. That's the difference. That's the difference. A father walks the pattern. This generation is learning to walk patterns of things men just used to display before us. That means that the way we are thinking must be different from the way certain men used to think. If you had to pray for 17 hours for God to appear, oh, listen, now we don't need 17 hours. He's ever present because knowledge has distributed this to us to know that he's our ever present help in times of need. If there was a year where men used to call upon God to appear, we no longer call upon God to appear. No, we just steer the God out of us because he's already in existence, in the inside of our members. How can we fail? I want to finish. That's when I realized this. I would understand when occasion serves the man one day to do what he wants. But now I'm trying to understand what it means for occasion to serve a man. You see, Simon the sorcerer, the scriptures tell us, he bewitched men with many sorceries until the Bible says they called him the great power of God. They said, this man is the great power. They said, this man is the great power. Simon, they called him the, the, eh, he did sorcery until he was called the great power and they used capital G of God. Simon the sorcerer went beyond gods. You would not classify him among gods. You would classify him among the great but there was something on Philip. Hey. I don't think Philip just went to Simon 
and said to tell him, you see God heals. He's a deliverer. He answers a prayer. He's a rich God. He provides our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You see God is a lover. You understand? I don't see, I think there is something that was on Philip. That when Simon sees it, he realizes no. He realizes no. Listen, imagine there is a sorcerer which is bewitching. The Bible says he bewitched men with his sorceries. Literal term, he controlled the minds of men. And then there's like another guy in the corner who is preaching and men's minds are turning off the guy's spells. They are following him. He comes, he sees a certain thing deeper than any sorcery. Banai, Christians have not yet preached. We want to preach the gospel until a witch doctor comes and says no. I was walking on water last night. And then I saw Apostle Grace preaching a mystery deeper than walking on water. You don't understand what I'm saying. These are things of politicizing the gospel and then we just speak. They've come to an end. Oh, and if you think for you, you're just going to survive by speaking. Eh? Those are things of speaking. They've come. What haven't Ugandans had? Ugandans are deep. What haven't Ugandans had? Mystery. They've split it left, right, and center. But now, some of us are saying, no, there is more. There is more. We can read the pastors, the prophets, the patriarchs, the revivalists, and then we realize, you know, 2015, there is more. Are you with me? Are you with me? That's when I say now, if the power on Simon the sorcerer could attract a whole city, and then one guy comes with the Holy Ghost and changes everything, even Simon, to a point where Simon wants to buy it. This generation is getting to a place where men are going to plead with us and say, we want your God. We want your God. One time I was in a meeting, and I preached for 20 minutes in Bugema. There was a girl who had been a devil worshiper since S2. I preached and while I was preaching, the power of the Holy Ghost got her off her seat, put her in air, suspended her vertical over horizontal. Listen. Put her down. Boah! She stayed vibrating on the floor for 30 minutes. She stood up. I said, from today, I'm not doing devil worshiping anymore. Why? She, she said, since S2, I, I was in whatever, now I'm at campus. I'm actually responsible for the abortions. You, even you. She started pointing. Hey, stop. You, mama, I've been giving you headache. Prayer secretary, you've been having a stomachache. I'm the one. You, oh my God. Confession said, one life like this 20 minutes of just preaching mystery because he said the words that I speak to you they are spirit and their life you're going to get to a point where you can even tell a man give me that cup and they get slain not because you say the mystery but because the word cup came with an anointing how will you fail in interviews they tell you good morning, you tell them good morning, the whole panel gets slain. 
We went somewhere to preach. And then some people came out to stop me from preaching. Religious people. Eh? And then the anointing left where we were. Went to the church where they were stopping me from. And started messing them up one by one. So the reverend had to run back to also rescue these ones. <laughs> you stand in front of an interview panel. They get slain. In the name of Jesus Christ. You stand in front of a of a of an immigration officer. You put your passport there and you look like you're the one. They see a visa where it's not. Because the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and their life. Where you just tell a man hello and the blind eye opens. Good morning. And the deaf ear opens. I've seen this day. Somebody will be walking next to a graveyard like this. And then they just. <coughs> and then they... Because he coughed spirit. He sneezed life. <laughs> where men are going to get punctures and then he gets on his car and then he starts to with his mouth and the tire starts to go up it is not by power if Jesus preached on them and he told them receive you the Holy Ghost why won't you stand next to your tire and your tire interprets that there is no pressure. He's saying pressure come in. Uh, I said to see the heavens creating things. A man just imagines a gadget and it appears in his bed. And they look at it and realize it was not made in any company. Because nothing they imagine to do shall be impossible with them. your enemies will die when you just say hmm. You just type a WhatsApp on, on WhatsApp you say hmm and your enemies falls. You have to raise them up. Come on somebody get to your feet. Take two minutes and pray the craziest prayer you've ever made. in tongues. Make a prayer you've never met before. Say something in your life. Your eyes on the 
just about 15 seconds from now. I see that the Lord is separating certain people. I see a separation of men. You're about to walk a life. Nobody is going to believe. You're about to walk a story. Nobody will interpret. Because it will be so high. Spirit of the sovereign Lord. Where are those people? Where are those people? Holy Ghost, where are those people? Where are those people? Where are those people? Something must change in your life. Where are those people? Where are those people? Where are those people? Where are those people? Holy Ghost. Where are those people? Where are those people, Holy Ghost? There's somebody here. Where are those people, Holy Ghost? By the Spirit of God, and just I will run the race until I see your face. I feel, listen. I know when the Lord speaks but there's somebody here in four months from now people are going to look at you and they're not going to believe that it was you Holy Ghost from now, five months from now, six months from now and they are not going to believe listen, there is a quickening grace here some of you, you are moving in things that you could have taken 20 years to move and I see that you are going to move in them in just months I see a quickening which is of the Lord Yes, I will run the race till I see. They won't believe it. They won't believe it. They will not believe it. They won't 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 believe it. Oh, receive it. You to your word. Receive it. They won't believe 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 it. I see a quickening which is of God. I see a quickening which is of God. I see a quickening which is of God. I see a quickening which is of the Lord. Till I see your 
The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest. Thank you.